0: Give him thanks for the harvest of souls Thank him for the harvest of souls We receive the harvest, we receive the harvest, we receive the harvest harvest. praise you father praise you father thank you lord jesus hallelujah praise you lord somebody shout hallelujah can we give the lord a praise in this place this evening glory glory amen are we ready for the week well i'm excited this evening as we begin this week Another phase of new creation can't What a joy. We have a true laborer in the house, a man whose relationship and friendship I have come to cherish and enjoy and appreciate. We honor you. We honor the Saints Community Church. And we're just glad that, you know, he's able to take out this week to be with us and his whole team are here with us. We're glad to have all of you here. It's going to be an exciting week and um, you know since we came into relationship with pastor chris the body of christ is benefiting marvelously from this wonderful relationship and we honor you we thank god for you thank you for your labor for the kingdom and we're glad to have you here thank you for the sacrifice this week and we're excited we're looking forward to great things this week are we excited this week well without taking much time as we begin tonight i want us with jesus joy to receive to the microphone Pastor Chris Onayinka, all the way from Saints Community Church. Glory!
1: Amen. Lift your hands and just honor Jesus for a minute. Thank him. Oh, we bless you, Jesus. We bless you, Jesus. Oh, we thank you. We thank you. Oh, just honor him. It, it, there's, there's not like him. He's high and lifted up. Above all else. Amen. Father, we thank you. For this camp meeting thank you for the fragrance of your knowledge and the manifestation of your spirit that we have received so far we ask in this session that you take us further in the wisdom and light available and we believe and receive that throughout this week there's no error in this atmosphere we believe and receive there's no distraction in this atmosphere that in this atmosphere we receive a free flow of revelation knowledge Impartation of wisdom and understanding, that our answers answers are given to our questions, doubts are cleared, and understanding of our purpose and, and your plan on earth is made manifest to our minds. And together as a church, we behold Jesus Christ, your Son, even as He sees us in Him. In all these sessions, He is glorified as we are edified alongside the body of Christ. Amen. Amen. Just before you sit down, I want you to please appreciate the leader a mentor, uh, a great man, uh, Dr. Abel. But I I want to especially actually appreciate (laughs) the wife. I don't know how to call her. There was a way I gradually called her mama. I I wanted to share it publicly. I used to call her mama, you know, and that's natural. But the day it became revelation knowledge. It it used to be just information. So was the day she fed me and from my heart i said mama <laughs> that's encounter <laughs> please appreciate that for me <laughs> thank you she's such a motherly person and you know wonderful wonderful um partner in the work going on and i'm always glad to be here always glad this is family to us amen we, we don't get dates from doctor ahead of time Anytime he says it, I say, Doctor, don't shock me with the time. Tell me on time. (laughs) Because if he says it's next week, I shut down what I'm doing, and I I, I get into whatever he wants us to do. That's the kind of relationship we have. And I also came with my friends, colleagues from church, and we're all here because it's family. And that means that just about eight of us, pastoring different churches, had to shut down their churches this week and hand over the responsibility to be here. uh, Because this, for us... It's just as good as what we do anywhere so appreciate them for me and also yourselves amen all right let's have a seat praise lord nice to see some faces here I may not be able to mention you maybe because you are fatter and finer <laughs> Matthew's gospel 28 and we will be having a great great time together And and I hope I can, you know, um, be a little bit unorthodox. Can I? That is, so we can interact. And I also want sessions where we can ask questions, even as I'm preaching, even if it's live. It's uh, a very core part. One of the things that uh, brought about this particular session was discussions I had with Dr. And we used to speak... You know, generally, I mean, we have that conversation a lot. And I I, I get a lot from his experience because he's well experienced. I was telling someone that uh, the background Dr. Damina has in the ministry really is is why he is the way he is. Very dogged. And, you know, from that experience, one thing about the, the, the ministry is ministry is experience. And you gain from experience. Wisdom is both from what happens to you and what happens to others. You know, one of the core things in Christianity, that's what we're going to deal with in this conference, is discipleship. But Paul, discipleship is just one word, examples. That is, you are an example to others. That's what it is. You are an example. So in 1 Timothy 4.12, uh, when Paul says to Timothy, be an example of the believers. And he says in word, in purity, in charity. He says in spirit, and you know what? So be an example. First Corinthians eleven one, Paul says, uh, follow me even as I am following, or as I am of Christ, depending on the version that you use. So in Jesus also, when he rose from uh, before he died, and in John thirteen, when he washed the feet of the disciples, he says, I do this as an example, so that you will do the same one another so there's example now what does example mean which means that i learn from the written word i also learn from those who are acting on it so in the local church like this we are not just here to hear the word we are also here to see one another act on god's word so if i'm married now i know that my marriage is beyond me and my wife because we are born again, it now should set a pattern for other believers. Whatever I'm doing, I'm I'm, I'm a politician, I I own a bank, I run a school, I teach in a school. The moment I am engaged in discipleship, everything becomes a model for others. So I watch the kind of examples that I lead. Now, I said that because of what I said earlier, that wisdom comes from other people's experiences. What you see and also what you hear. Paul told Timothy, he said, the things that you heard of me, 2 Timothy 2, amongst many witnesses, he says the same Commit unto others who shall be able to teach others. I'm committed to faithful men. Pardon me. Who shall be able to teach others? But look at something else he said afterwards. You know, usually, um, don't forget I was on the train of thought, train of thought on what me and Doctor was saying. I'm going to say it. So, but I just want to see something. Second Timothy three, where he now says, after saying that about commit to faithful men, he now told Timothy in verse ten, he says, "You have, but thou have fully known my doctrine, my manner of life." Purpose, faith, long-suffering, charity, patience. Which means that there are things to learn from those who have gone ahead. There are things to learn. Oh, it's manner of life. It's doggedness. And sometimes, you know, when, when we are exposed to the word, we may not even like hard times. Meanwhile, hard times could just be an experience you will have that will be of a benefit to someone behind you. So, I said that to say that it's important that you also learn to learn off people. You can learn from someone who is teaching. You can also learn from someone. Yeah, you can learn off the person by listening. Which means that when pastor is teaching, for example, and you are just particular about the scriptures he's teaching, not the examples he's giving, not some of the experiences. I know among world people will say, ah, forget the expressions, teach the word. Agreed. But there are experiences that line up with the word that illustrates the word to you well, and so we must pay good attention. So I said that. So in our, every conversation, of course, we we speak about things generally, and I listen a lot because, like I said, you know, you take wisdom from experience. Then we said that somehow, what churches and I mean yours is ours is and many others around the world. There's something we really need to fine tune and know that there is a huge difference you may not know easily between knowing the word and the ministry of the word. Knowing the word, oh, you know the word, you know what the message is. You know it's about the death of Jesus Christ, you know about the gift of eternal life. Now it's time for the ministry of the word now listen to what i'm about to say a bit i will get to it and break it down as far well, so i just have not too much time today now the disciples what was called about their ministry was not just the fact that they they knew the message luke 24 25 to 27 says jesus took them through the law the law of moses the prophets you know concerning himself you know, that was clear in Luke twenty four forty four. Again, reminded them. He said, "These are the words which I spoke to you while I was yet with you, that all things was fulfilled." For of Moses, the love, most prophet and the Psalms concerning me. Forty five, he opened the understanding and understand the scriptures. But notice, then he now says, um, uh, "Thus it is written, fulfilled that Christ is indeed must suffer and raise from dead the third day." And forty seven, repentance remission of sins was preached in his name among God. in Then forty eight, he now says, "You are witnesses," which means that there are things they saw that has now become part of them. Such as in Acts four thirteen. they notice that these guys are raw folks, but this is not, I mean, this is rare. They said they took knowledge of the fact that they had been with Jesus. That's not salvation. That's not salvation at all. That they had been with him. That means they saw in them what they were seeing or had seen earlier in Jesus. Remember when they were going to choose someone to replace Judas. The qualification they didn't even say somebody who understands the message. They didn't say that. That was not even part of what they said. They said he must have been with us from the baptism of John till the day which means that punctuality is important in choosing leaders. Availability. Except from the day till the day he was taken up, who went in and out from amongst us. Now let's say a few things about that. You know that none of them knew he was going to die. So they were not doing it to become leaders. They didn't know. They were plain disciples who just wanted to follow and learn none of them knew they didn't if they had known for example the whole oh, you know guys he's just going to die and they're going to choose somebody who does not miss church ah they'll be they'll be coming to church two, two hours before the service but he didn't know it's just like when jesus asked for bread and fish you know if he had said hey guys i want to multiply it people would have brought bakery they didn't know what he was going to do. So the generosity of that little boy is something to emulate. They say, okay, I said, Jesus said he's going to multiply five loaves and two fish. And by the time he's done, we'll have 12 baskets full. Someone said, say, come, let me give you a check. You know, that's the kind of giving we do today. You know? And we don't even know who the little boy was. So his name was not put somewhere in the church office. This guy gave us five loaves and two fish. Please thank God for his life no so they observed so when when were going to choose someone to replace judas it had to be someone who was always there in mark 3 14 it says jesus chose people to be with him and to preach the gospel look at the sequence to be with him and to preach the gospel Which means that in the training of ministry, there is the practical experience. Things you must see. There are things like that, sir. Ma, if you don't see them, you cannot reproduce them. You must see it. There's no assumption. There's no assumption, okay, I know it, because, because I can explain prayer. doesn't mean I can pray. There is the art of prayer. There was one time like that, some people did a teaching on prayer, say a prayer conference, and after the teaching, they just took tea and went home. Excuse me, are you sure they taught prayer? You know, we are doing a book one time on prayer. So, after finishing the book, I now called uh, some of the pastors, some of them are here, I said, Read this book. Does it inspire you to pray? After reading it, do you want to pray? Two of them came back and said, not really, sir. So we have to change it. Because if we cannot, if you can't inspire us, you can't inspire others. We don't want a book that just say, wow, prayer is deep. It's fellowship with the Father, such that you stand in the same stead, with Jesus, and you utter great and mighty things, oh, it is good to pray, give me a cup of
0: tea.
1: (laughs) You know, that's funny. (laughs) A book that, if and the testimony has been, some people say that, from the second chapter, they start praying. (laughs) Because if it doesn't inspire you, it cannot inspire us. So there's practicality to the message of the lord jesus christ that required first and foremost that he became a human being because the incarnation shows you that god is an experiential god you know it didn't cost him anything to just in the old testament he was seen in visions and revelations so he could have stayed that way but incarnation showed us that he's an experiential god is Experiential, that's why anything that speaks against the physical guardian of believers has to be a false doctrine. It has to be God is experiential, so we saw him. We it was felt, it was there were things to hold on to, there were things to hope, to have. So, if, if we talk about evangelism. We must go out and do evangelism. If we talk about prayer, imagine talking about healing. You say, you know, Jesus is the healer. I say, praise the Lord. Hallelujah. And after, after saying that, you just say, Amen. And we go. Ah. Number one, there will be food that will be sick in the body because we are in this world. Just pray for them because there must be actions to what you have said. Faith is active. You talked about worship and we didn't sing any song. No. So, when it comes to the gospel, the gospel is both a message and a ministry. It's both a message. That is, you've heard it, an information, and a ministry. So, oftentimes, you have people love the information, but they do not embrace the message. Now, Something very typical is John 4, a woman who met Jesus at the well. If you ask her, what was she going to do? She was basically going to the well to fetch water. So she met this strange Jewish guy who began to talk to her. And then, okay, they went on and on about where is the place of worship. But the point is, as soon as they got to Jesus saying, I am he. In verse 20, that should be 20, is it 20? 24, now 25. says, I am he. As she heard that, notice, she had heard the message. She dropped her water pot and went to announce it. So, it comes with a ministry. When Paul, Saul of Tarsus in Acts 9, when he saw Jesus and he, I mean, three days, the guy was praying, three days. Today, I mean, three days, new converts, new converts. Three days he was fasting. New converts. As soon as his eyes were open, immediately he started preaching. The message and the ministry are not separated. If you understand it, if you truly heard it, you know it is a ministry. So, this week, we want to take the gospel from just being an information to becoming a mandate. And like I said, it will come with many things that will have to be usable. Usable for us. Allow me to say something. And I was saying it yesterday, because interestingly, I'm going to address in a few minutes some things I said yesterday in the service. I was telling uh, one of my colleagues, I said that some of those things, eh, you have to repeat them again and again. Because just that people forget who they are in Christ, they also forget every basic thing. And there's a greater challenge today, because many things are taking our attention. I mean, something is in your pocket that you are going to check very soon. Your phone. Either you want to check your time, you have a wristwatch, You will not check your phone for time because you are just used to picking out your phone. It, I mean, I, you know, the thing is, how many years back we were living fine? Of course, thank God for the technology, we have access to information and all of that. But today, you know, that can be a huge problem. I was telling them yesterday in church, I said, you know, you could feel that because you have called somebody. You are following the person up. I said, no. Those are the kind of lazy approach. Just send someone a text and WhatsApp there. How are you? Uh, Have you studied the word of God today? Eh, Study. (laughs) And I said the word did not become a text. The word became flesh. Amen. (laughs) So those are the lazy approaches. And you see, it's just like the online services me this is me i am an arsenal fan to my spirit we were now doing a broadcast our own broadcast that we were showing it now coincided with an arsenal game i am the person that is the pastor no i'll tell you what i did sir so i noticed okay what do i do so i had someone in my house i have a, I can watch a dscv programmer. I mean, you know that uh, you have multiple So I, w- I just put on the t- teaching in one of the TV to be playing. But my mind was on the game. This is me. And I was just saying, uh, yeah, I preached it. Yeah, yeah. Psalm 91. Play this thing for me. <laughs> this is me. <laughs> so, anybody telling me is in his house, in the church service, I'm laughing at you. <laughs> From that, this is me. I know I'm not making heaven what I've said now, <laughs> but this is I'm telling you. You know, so wondering, even in the service, we are trying to get your attention. We said, are you here? Yes, sir. We say that so that you do not sleep. Glory, glory. There you now be at home. Um, you just be sleeping and say, I'm blessed, sir. <laughs> You walk into the kitchen, you say you are hearing the word. Don't, I mean, I'm He is sweating, checking all the text. You say, glory, I got that, I got that. I... <laughs> Those are the, some of the challenges that we are facing today. We have to know the proper use of technology. Where it goes beyond disseminating information and start to take over the core of ministry, we are in trouble. It must not. That's why in Europe today, for example, United Kingdom, there's a faster and accelerated growth of Islam beyond Christianity because they're not even doing it in the public space. They're not even... There's, people are converting to Islam, but they are big Christians in the whole of United Kingdom. And it is not by the internet. During the lockdown, Jehovah, Wickedness, or Jehovah Witness, they had more people join their cult than believers. Because you find people who claim to be watching their church online, they will have another station. So those are the challenges. And we must not hear these people. I said this also last week. Sometimes you say, that's the generation. No. Jesus did not ask you to train people for their generation. No. You are to disciple them for him. So we must be unapologetic about the message, the ministry, and the culture of Christianity. I hope I'm communicating. So, we have that challenge. You know, someone can be here now. Have you seen people, sir? You say, we're having this program. And they now say, sir, the person is here in New York. You say, sir, will it be live streamed? He's here. Here. Ah, you see why is that the next thing you want to ask for? A culture gradually coming in. And that is why there will be no commitment to any particular place. Multiple affiliations. And there will just be curiosity. Also I told someone, I said, look, you are in a church like Power City. Every day, your pastor is online. Every, some of us are begging him to calm down. We are begging. We are pleading with the host of heaven. And then you are still on one WhatsApp group. Is it what you are really looking for? The one he taught yesterday. Do you understand it? You know, say there's one guy like that. He has one WhatsApp, one one Telegram group. You soon join hell group. Those are the kind of things that hinder the ministry of the word. Because whatever lacks focus cannot grow. It has to have focus. A focus that is unbending. We have a mandate in this city. We have a mandate in this country. We have a mandate in this continent. We have a mandate in the world. And we are focused on it. So, a few questions I ask people. Back then, we used to have this conference called Soul Witness Conference. I asked this question. I said, do you really believe that people will go to hell if they are not saved? You know, it's, it's important. Do you really believe it? Because it is core to teaching you anything. I say that like this. Somebody that doesn't wake up in the morning to study and pray, right? He will find it difficult to take instructions in church. Because even the personal thing of getting up in the morning, today people now do, they, say, they call it devotion. You are already in your car. You are playing the teaching. Hallelujah. Then you are speaking in tongues. And you are talking to another driver. And you are trying to, you say, I'm praying now, I'm praying now. No, that's not devotion, no. Devotion is that that's the only thing you are doing. That's the only thing that you are doing. Remember that Luke 10, where Mary and Martha were in the house? Martha was hearing the word. She was in the kitchen. She could be hearing, hallelujah. She now said, look, Jesus said, no, one thing is needful. And your sister has chosen this. She was hearing the teaching because she could communicate. But she was not devoted. So those basic things are vital. Do you really believe it? That if someone does not believe the gospel, or doesn't hear the gospel or both ways he will perish those are core things so when anybody tells you to go and preach the gospel you won't think "Ah, it is my pastor no, it's not my pastor my pastor is only a helper in God's mandate on my life so when he's speaking to me I see it as God reminding me so if I don't believe it, for example, if you think that prayer is not necessary, and they're now telling you to be praying for two hours, you just be looking. After a while, even your tongues—we need tongues. But when you discover why we pray, you will, even when it is difficult for you, you know they are training you to do the right thing. So those are core issues we would have to look at in our conversation. That do you really believe it? Do you believe it? Do you in your heart believe that if somebody doesn't hear the gospel, if he hears the gospel and does not believe, that he will perish? It's important. So we said that the message and the ministry are interwoven. But sometimes, people just want the information. The information, oh, praise God. You know, and, and that is why, today when you talk about inheritance, to believers what goes up in their mind when you say inheritance you say inheritance is car land how, how would your car be an inheritance did god have any car somewhere that is giving you if you ask god for inheritance you think he will give you money where would you get it from which account number do you know he uses No, now Inheritance could never have been those things. For Paul to speak to pastors, Acts 2032 said, I committed to God and to the word of his grace, which is able to build you up and give you an inheritance amongst them that are sanctified. Inheritance cannot be physical things. Obviously, the inheritance of the church is tied to the evangelism of the nations. That is what we are called to inherit. So all those things, again, as so people are hearing those things for themselves. They like who you are in Christ. They don't want to know whose you are in Christ. That's who you are. So, uh, So what about whose you are in Christ Jesus? So those are core things, we will take one after the other. Because I'm going to roll out something I call our goal for this week. Are we here? We have to have a goal, Lou. amen. <laughs> Someone told me something. He said, I just my job is to just preach. He said, I just preach. He said, my I said, no, he didn't say just preach. He said make disciples. <laughs> make <laughs> And thank God he didn't say recruit disciples. Amen. You know what that is? You'll be preaching to attack somebody to win people. No. You make disciples. You make. So we must be ready to use raw materials. Raw material Are we here? Raw materials. So, it's not just to preach. We have a goal. A goal. One of the things we are going to resolve is carelessness in statements. So, so I, I know some things are consecration, but you know sometimes we say things like, you know, even if nobody hears this, even if nobody believes, uh, as long as I'm standing on the word. You can't make that kind of statement and fulfill God's will. We want the whole world to, to believe. Even if nobody, even if we are just five in this church, we will not be five. We will not be five. That's a curse. It's a curse. Go and check the scriptures. Limited number is a curse. It's a curse. We are going to multiply. This church is going to multiply everywhere in the world. Someone's telling me, say, I don't believe in churches. These, these churches are everywhere. Uh, I said, are you a Christian? He said, yes. I said, all the, he said, all the families of the earth. Church go plenty. Now every home go be branched. Somebody owns the whole world and he's telling you he wants the whole world to be filled with his glory and you are beefing him. He's envy now. You are envying God that he wants everybody to be his children. That's envy. He owns the whole world. He wants everyone to be a member of his family. You know and then saying there's church everywhere. The churches have taken over the warehouses in Lagos. I said, how? Did they go and move out the machines? Your industries could not pay. What is the beef for? He said if you go to the if you go to if you go to all the uh, airports, you see the pastors are parking the jet. Did they take your money? Don't you think our pastor needs a jet? Say it, doesn't if he? If he's giving, because he will soon be giving, go and collect it from him. Come also those um, petty conversations. You are allowing the devil to dictate how you are thinking. God wants the whole world. Everywhere. So if you say, What's on God's mind? He's saying that the next door, church. The next door, church. The next door, church. The next door, church. And someone say, What will now be doing? Church. That's how to answer a foolish question. (laughs) It's a foolish question. And that's our goal. So we're going to think big. Amen? Amen? We are going to think big. We are going to dream big. Praise God. Hallelujah. Matthew 28. We'll take it all in detail. So it says in verse 18, all authority, that's what power there, is given unto me in heaven and on earth. Go ye therefore and teach all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Ghost, teaching them to observe all things whatsoever I have commanded you, and lo, I am with you always, even unto the end of the world. Amen. Now, if you read the Mark's account, verse 15, it says, Go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. So two things are consistent. Go. Go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. Go and make disciples. That's what teach all nations there. Of all nations. Now, you know naturally when you take a job, you ask, they'll give you your job description. They'll tell you what they expect you to do. And they have something called the KPI, right? Which is how they know whether at the end of the month or three months they examine you and say, come on, have you done this? Have you done that? And sometimes it's tied to bonuses. Now, if you look back here, Jesus has given a direction. In Matthew 28 and 19, he says, Go and teach all nations. Now, usually in scripture, when you have all nations in the old testament, is the Jews and all nations. Just two, two, that's two categories the Jews and every other nation. So they are two. So all nations can first of all be classified as two, the Jews and all other people. Now, the word there is ethnos, which breaks into people who are tied, pay attention please, by language, by culture, by belief, tied by language, by culture, by belief, by ancestry, by practice so we can break down all nations into different occupations huh are you here okay good it's still we'll get to another point now different age grades good can break it down also into different tribes yeah we can also break it down into different classes of society which is we have the rich we have the poor we have um the educated the uneducated right so we can break it down to all that, okay? Now, we can also break it down into people tied by culture. Now, don't always think that the culture is positive. The culture could be drugs. Cults? Good. The culture could be, could be crime. It's a culture. So it says, go and make disciples of every nation. Every nation. Which means that the gospel is multicultural, multi-status. We have different categories of people we're sent to. So we're sent to different categories of people. And that is why it's also important that in the content of what we preach and say, even in the services, we must ensure it's not tilting towards anyone at the detriment of others. You know, there are some of us we can only preach to people who can speak good English. No, that's not good training. Particularly in a society where we have a lot of people that are not literate. Some of us we can only preach to people who, you know, have a kind of exposure. But if you say, let's go to a village now, say, ah, to go and do what? You know, let's go to one village down here and they say, Well, what if I don't speak their language? You need to also know that in Bible times they took translators. So I can go with someone and sit down with the person and say, "Let's preach." You are a believer with me. Interpret it. My first experience with that was sometime '94, and we went to a town. This was a very crazy one, anyway. Afterwards, that none of us in the mini- team, we had a missionary uh, team like that, spoke the language of the town. Ah. So it was not like, what are we going to do? Now, two things happened. We actually traveled, so we found ourselves at night to sleep there. Uh, we're now using sign language. <sighs> so my boss is late now. Then he now said, our guy said, ah. <laughs> he said, can't we just follow the leading of the, of, of the spirit? I said, to do what? To get somebody who can interpret for us. He said, what kind of man is this? Let's just sleep and go. He said, no, we can't see people like this and not preach to them. Because that man is he was always gleaning evangelism. I said, look at what this guy is saying. I couldn't tell him, of course. As a believer, you have to pretend. (laughs) You have to pretend. I'm like, what? What did he say? You know? And he just started praying until we found someone. That was the next morning. He now said, we're going to have to stay. That will speak to them and get someone to interpret. You know, that is really the core compelling force of the gospel. You just want the person to hear it. So we have people that won't speak your language. We have to train ourselves that way. What about communicating the gospel to children? You know? What about to the aged? What about to, to different people? To all nations. So it says, make disciples of every nation. So we break that down into different categories of people. And different categories of people within our society now look at mark sixteen fifteen say go into all the world so while the first instruction focuses on people, the other one focuses on places so in the preaching of the gospel we think people we also think places, which means as a church as a people as a fellowship as a cell group we Plan for people and we plan for places. We plan for people and we plan for places. Because there is already a goal. So if you ask me, what is God's will for the church? The world is about 8 billion. He wants us to reach 8 billion people. Does he want us to do hit and miss it? No. In his heart, he wants all the 8 billion to be saved. And some of of those things are important. You know, there was one of these, our brethren, you know, our brethren, we like sound doctrine, we like the word. So he was not, you know, put someone his status. Very interesting stuff. He said, um, because he's a friend, well, maybe he was. So he now put it and said, um, if you don't want people to hear us, they will eventually hear us. Stop stop telling your members not to listen to us. So I now chatted him. I said, what's the problem? He said, there was one guy in my city. He said, he's telling people not to listen to, to me. So I said, hold on. I said, how many people are in that city? He said, well, the whole city is about 2.3 million or 2.5 million. He See, well, very How many people are in his church? He said, there are about 1,000. So, if there are 2.5 million, you have 2.4 million, 999,000 that will listen to you, except you have no focus. What is saying should not bother you? Except your intention is to steal his members. What is saying should not bother you? Someone says, no, nobody should go and somebody says in one church, let's say the church is even 10,000 and he says, or oh, oh, 50,000. Nobody should listen to Dr. Damila. Remove 50,000 from 200 million people. Assuming rapture happens, they don't even know they left.
0: <laughs>
1: Except they are very wealthy. Are you getting my point? Sometimes we get into unnecessary. You have, and that thing takes our focus away. Your focus is gone. You are now discussing what they are saying. See, if you have never done ministry where they will be tearing your poster in your presence, you've not started. Then I'll be the one pasting it because I didn't even have people, and somebody will just go after and remove it, and I will now look at the person when it's gone. I can't paste it again. <laughs> you are who? <laughs> you know? If this one does not hear you, say it to the next person. Then go back to that one again. Can you hear me now? We are too focused for petty conversations. The high rate of drug addiction in Nigeria is too high for you to be fighting over... Some... See, we have a lot of people to reach. And don't... See, don't be shocked. Though. They went services with those drugs. Amen? They went out with... <laughs> Because we are making disciples. You know, we, you know, there's no there's no boy that doesn't la- not like ready-made disciple. As he's born again, he's speaking in tongues for two hours. Somebody just gets born again now. <laughs> the next day, he's studying scriptures for, for twenty hours. You can't find that. You know, there was one story they called Guru by Guru. a child that was born with all the teeth and was speaking. <laughs> That's abomination. How can somebody get born again and immediately he's already speaking in tongues for six hours? It's not possible. Peter, James, and John they slept one hour. Jesus said, That's God. Jesus was there and said, One hour time. He said, Lord, we are with you. you." God could not keep them awake. (laughs) So that is what Jesus faced. Do you understand? And he was still training them. So There's no raw really material, somebody's just very solid. The guy is solid, newcomer, it's not possible. You go and check him, and he will run away. You say, I'll be in service tomorrow. I'll be in service tomorrow. Say, yes, there was one guy like that. I said, I'm coming now. I'm coming now. So, when I didn't see him, I ran back to check him. They say, He has left for fellowship. I went to fellowship. I didn't see him. I came back again. Ha. So, I not noticed that he was in the house. I said, I can't see him. They say, He's not there. <laughs> he actually asked an unbeliever to be telling me his pastor. That he... <laughs> so eventually I got him to attend the fellowship. And we're just three, two and a half really. <laughs> so when he that? you know, when you when used to be two, then somebody adds, uh, is added, the, the, the way the glory of God will flow in your life will be different. you will say, this ministry is going places. So as the guy was seated in front, he now stood up. Eh? The person I've been looking for for weeks. He said he's going to the restroom. I followed him there. I left the puppet. You <laughs> won't spoil my joy today. <laughs> I said, "Go away, we are come <laughs> That is the endurance of a soul winner. Do you understand? Some of us, some bears don't have pain. I was send them in church yesterday. You don't even have patience. You got somebody burning. You are following him up. Then, he said, I'm not going to church today. He saying, eh, just go to somebody else immediately. If God was like that, ah, the Bible is very big. <laughs> you see many stories. You'll just be dumping one, take another person, dumping one. But no, learn, You have to also learn to endure with people. So, let's get back to what we're saying. We are focused on people. We are focused on places so which means as a church as a people we ask ourselves how many people are we meant to reach we said eight billion plus now we now bring it down in nigeria in lagos in new york in port in calabar you know it's not good to finish writing an exam then you now see what the course curriculum was Then I say, what answer did you give? What did you answer? I say, eh? I I thought that the entire work of the ministry was for these five people. Say, no! Didn't you read the course curriculum? All the world. Say, eh? Every creature. Which means that if you are doing evangelism, some people and say, and they are smoking. (sighs) Say, hmm. 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 You will perish in your sin. You. (laughs) Are you, are you running away? <laughs>
0: there
1: was one guy, there was a church like that that helped them. The pastor was not a pastor, so I had to pastor it for a few months in 1998. So I now saw many of them. But I just saw they had a lot of leaders. So I looked at them and I said, okay, let's all go out on evangelism. That was my first test to know what kind of leaders they were. So I took the church secretary. He went with me. Went to somewhere in the school, Lagos. I didn't remember so. So I said, "Go and preach. Let me see." So he saw somebody who was smoking. Just smoke. It's not even weed, though. Ordinary cigarette, though. No weed, no drugs. He was doing like this. <laughs> he was dodgy. So he just said, "The guy, you know, I think he gave him a tract or something." And I said, "What did you just do?" He said, "I just told him, you know, he wasn't listening." I said, they called you pastor. He was not listening. I said, wait. See what I'm about to do. So I went after the guy. We walked, we talked. He was waiting and looking. He passed off a few years ago. And now got the fellow born again. It was, was not, it was, the guy was not difficult. He was just smoking. No. That was all. But he just felt smoking. His mind was, why should you be smoking? Hmm? Do so you say, stop smoking so that you can inherit eternal life? So when the guy got born again, so I told him, I said, you know, you are no longer a pastor. Yes, now. No longer a pastor. Immediately. You cannot preach the gospel. So who do you want to come to the church? We should go and get people born again for you. One pastor once said, he said, it's a sheep that gives back to sheep. Shepherds don't give back to sheep. That's why I don't preach. That's a mystery. You didn't get it. It's a sheep that gives back to sheep. Shepherds don't give back to sheep. That's why he doesn't win souls. I said, I like <laughs> So it's so caught to what we're saying. So you don't ensure that you are answering the right question, and reading the right curriculum into all the world. So, our location is everywhere. Our focus is on every kind of person. So, just this, this evening, because of our time, I'll give you four categories of people that we will always see. We can expand it as the week goes on. That will always see. That will always see. My daughter asked me a question two days ago. She said that she always found out that every time she meets people who have been Christians. So I said to her, I said, where do you go to? That's the question I asked her. I said, where do you go to? And she said, well, I said, well because of where you go to, you will always see Christians. It's where you are going to. And you know sometimes we can do evangelism by facial expression. He's a nice guy. Let me preach to him. What's the word is franking. He's saying, you know it's franking. There's frown. There's franking. It's franking. So you just say, bless you. <laughs> you are now saying you are only talking to Christians. Of course, you are looking for gentle people now. So I said, where do you go to? So there are four categories of people that you will always see. One. A group that has never heard the gospel. They have never heard the gospel. T.L. Osborne says this often, or said this then. He said that anyone who comes to church, now you may not take this, I mean, you may disagree with it, but there's something to learn from what he said. To anyone who comes to the service is already saved. He just does not know it. So he says, go out where the sinners are. How many of us can go into a strip club to preach you say hey eh, eh. Jesus you think it will stain your your holiness but you saw Jesus where was he found? among wine barbers among, among those we call Olosho he sat with them you know if it were to be today they would just take it on twitter man of God caught caught in scandalous places <laughs> even one of them was crying on his feet the emoji said is this man a prophet he should know and I'm sure in the minds of his own apostles they were saying what is the doctor doing around this <laughs> he doesn't know he's his global papa what is he doing here so Jesus now looked at them uh-huh. He first spoke to the Pharisees and said, which of you, if you have a hundred sheep and one should be lost, will not go after the one right, and leave the 99 that needs no repentance? Now, people usually get that parable wrong. There is no one that needs no repentance. He was using what you call sarcasm. That you, you don't need repentance. Right? Let's go after the lost. Everyone was lost. So they knew he caught them. He said, it's a woman. That's an interesting parable. Loses her jewelry. That's a direct parable. You didn't get my joke. (laughs) Thank God. He said, she will search the whole house to find it. That's still true. To get her jewelry. He now said, when he was done with the Pharisees and they kept quiet, he now looked at his own people. Uh Peter, when I came to your house, what did you give me? Sick mother-in-law. <laughs> did, you, did you? Peter said, oh Lord, now, nah, why are you saying this publicly? He said, this one. Eh? She has been forgiven much. She has loved much. The guy everybody was saying, this guy is a bad guy, Zacchaeus. Jesus said, I'm coming to your house. And he went to his house. He said, what are you doing? He said, I said salvation has come to your house. out where the sinners are not convenient evangelism you're not going to meet somebody who is already we'll get to that somebody already has a bible we are doing evangelism say you have a bible here do you believe in jesus somebody has a bible we are asking whether he believes in jesus there's a preponderance or presumption that he does say do you believe do you believe in jesus so you guys say i do what jesus Jesus of Nazareth. <laughs> Are you sure it's the real Jesus? The guy said, is the real Jesus. Now? He died and rose for me." Yes. So what did he give you? The guy says, "Give me forgiveness of sins, so that I will not go to hell. i go to heaven if I keep fighting. I'll get to heaven." He Say, hey, you don't believe? You know that's wrong. What he lacks is spiritual growth. He's already saved. So, that's the kind of person of us who say I have a convert. That's not a convert. Hmm? That's a confused Christian. Uh-huh. But it's not a new convert. Are you following this? That's a confused... I asked somebody like that who was in our church and said, Pastor, are you sure I was born again before I met you? I said, you are born again. The person was not sure and said, Okay, sir, can you lead me again? I said, Ah. uh you are already saved, she, no, she made me pray. Now, said, Just say, you know, you are not. I said, Okay, say, Lord Jesus, say, Lord Jesus, say, now I'm sure because it is you. The person eventually left our church, forget all that nonsense. <laughs> it doesn't matter. Yeah, that one is just confused. So, you will meet people that have never heard. Don't be surprised that there are people on this road who have never heard the gospel. Don't be surprised though they have seen churches, they have seen people but they don't even know what's going on they have never heard and that category might be very open to hear you we are also going to see the fact that it's not every time you will get an immediate decision no it's not every time in the parable of the sower we saw it there are people that Paul Look at the Berean guys in Acts 17. They went to search before they believed. I said, no, don't search. If you don't believe here now, those who wanted to be born again at 12 midnight, they died at 11.55, take it easy now. <laughs> are you sure you'll make the next day? Which one is cursing? Let him go and think. So there are those who are going to see, right, who have never heard. That's the first group. We'll break it down later on. There are those who will be tough. They've heard, and they will argue. Now, how many of you know that we really don't like to argue in evangelism? I don't. Because I feel like if you want to go to hell, right? Go. But it's not good. So argue with you, bros. you will die in your sins. That's what I want to tell you. But the love of God compels me not to say that. So we have people who will argue with us. They may even be tough. They may even be rejecting what we're saying, second group. Now the third group, and we mustn't mistake this, I have just five minutes. The third group will be people who are born again. But they are just confused. Usually, they will tell us they are members of a church. And I'm sure that our pastors will have heard this. They say, what do I do if I have a disciple who is already attending another church? I tell people, that is not your disciple. If I have someone... Now, the guy is in the church. Sometimes you may think he's not saved because he doesn't understand the details. But you notice that sometimes when you hear Dr. preach, it's after a while you will know when you really got saved. It might be earlier than you thought. So, don't say because the fellow does not have understanding of righteousness, of the finished work of Jesus, that he's not saved. That would be inappropriate. Because you were saved without having that understanding. So, when you meet people like that, you are going to see them. They are not new converts. So, you must know what to do about them and with them. A fourth category are those who are tired of their church. Now, that's a dangerous group. Because if you use that to bring them to your church, they will also be tired of your own. It's a dangerous group. Now, there will be those who are honest, but you can't be sure. So, for us, who have a mandate from Jesus, the first two will be those that will want to disciple. The second two who want to help them, there are people that all we're going to do to just expose them to to uh, riots, expose them to doctors' teachings. That's all we are going to do because they are in the last two. But you see, that first two we are going to be dogged about them. Those are the people we are going to raise. Let me see following what I'm saying here. I know what I'm t- telling you looks a bit tough because. That last two is oftentimes the easy catch. But the first two is where we're going to see genuine growth in Christ. And they will enter services raw. They will know how to dress for church. We have to teach them how to pray, how to read their Bibles. We have to teach them how to sit down in church and take notes. We have to. Teach. Then we are now raising disciples. And if you are looking for money quickly as a pastor, you won't like that group. No, you won't. It's not wrong for a pastor to look for money. I am looking for money. We are not looking for. Say it and I will remove your name from the book of life. so that's that's true right doesn't mean they can't be in our church we leave that to them we won't go around persuading people about church membership because at that point we won't be preaching the gospel we'll be making comparisons that's not the gospel comparing my pastor with your pastor is not the gospel it's not the gospel Are we here? So, in closing, we are going to meet those four. We cannot go away because somebody says, I I don't know whether I'm born again. We'll stay there and there will be assurance of salvation. We'll give you our pastor's materials and we leave the decision of church to you at that point. The last fellow who wants to just leave his church and all that What I will do, if you ask me, it depends, and you have to be led by the Spirit. But what I will do is that I will teach you how to be committed to a church. I'm going to teach you that. But the first two are our core, core focus. And out of that group, we are going to raise men and women of God. Just like Jesus did it. Just like Paul did it. How many of us will be able to speak like Paul that he, when he came to Corinth, he laid the foundation? That takes patience. That takes a lot of patience. And in closing, I'll say, or be like Jesus, who historically almost everyone that he made apostles or he sent as apostles were teenagers. They were not adults. They were teenagers. But they took the world by storm. And in three years or plus, Jesus told them, go into all the world. That's some faith, right? And preach the gospel to every creature. And that is the mandate that we have. Evangelism and reaching the lost is not a period of our church. It's what we will do to the end. There is no church too large. Every church is still too small for what is God's dream. So I'll say to us, our target is not having 10,000 members. It's annoying to pray for that. Our target is not 100,000 members. It's annoying to pray for that. You know, I, I was at the redemption camp one day and I said to myself, and I looked at that auditorium, you know, and I said to myself that really it's good to think well. What about having this place filled? I mean, not their own. I mean, one, and people are hearing the word of God. And I said to myself, what about this whole land? People are here. hearing the, What about, I mean, Jesus took thousands to the desert and they sat there. In their, in their time, the whole of Jerusalem was barely 70,000 people. And he had at least 10,000. That's cool, right? That's cool, right? That's how we should think. And we can get the job done. Amen. So we have left those who say we are a mega church. Every time as a church, we are a growing church. When we are 1 million, we are a growing church. Because we are going to be 1 million. Do you believe it? You have to believe it, too. We are going to be 1 million. We are going to be 10 million. I will still say, you know, we are growing. You know, we are growing. The 3,000 that God saved on the day of Pentecost, 3,000, one meeting. In a place of 60,000, you know that? Look at that. That's like 5% of an entire city. That was why they took notice of them. They have to take notice of us. Amen. With intense evangelism. Let people know and say, ah, you're from power city, have you? Ah, These people. you are everywhere. I saw them there. They are the ones that. That's how it ought to be. That's how it ought to be. In the 80s, there is no bus. You enter in Lagos, you see deeper life as preaching. You'll be tired. What is this? Good morning, Jesus. Good. Now, we what people mocked them, but never embraced the attitude. We We don't preach in buses. We preach on Facebook Live. Hello, guys. Here am I, your friend, your brother, your pastor, okay, come and go and preach to people. The people you are talking to on Facebook Live, you cannot even talk to them in real life. Are you not an entertainer? The same people you are saying, hallelujah. Come and sit down with them. Say, what do I I say? You know, say, Hello, guys. Amen. (laughs) Hallelujah. So this evening we're going to engage, we're going to get our number tomorrow, and we'll have a goal for this week. And that goal will be they must be in church Thursday, Friday, but precisely on Sunday. We want to stay outside and have our converts sit down. Is that possible? Come on, talk to me. Is that possible? We want to stay outside and have our converts sit inside. Amen. Someone said this in America. He said, we have so, so, so number of Christians. He said, let's say, let's say 10 million. He said, if every believer, every believer, let's assume we have 50 million Christians in America, he said, if every believer had just one convert every year, he said, in five years, America will be totally reached. Every be- just one. One. Not tensor, One one person you ensure is born again, stays strong in church, is growing up. One person. That means your life will be dedicated to just one person for 365 days. Imagine what will happen in the churches. One. If all of us in this church, as we we have 500 workers, if we have one, just one, that means at the end of the year, we'll have another 500 workers. Am I communicating? And that's our target this week. Are we ready? Let's stand to our feet. Let's just pray in tongues. Let's just pray in tongues. Let's pray in tongues. Let's pray in tongues. tongues. As we set forth within an hour, that utterance is given to us. To engage people. Now as we are praying. Just two minutes. Take a pen. And write where you want to go. This evening. You know it's late. So we, we'll just take 30 minutes to one hour. And you want to engage one person. And you make up a mind that today. Somebody will be saying. Anybody like that? Write down where you want to go. And we're going to pray about it. Where I want to go in this city. Today. And have a conversation. That will lead someone to the Lord. Or well, what do you want us to do? To be That's what we're going to do. Right? I Are we together? So, we write the place down where you will go. And what you want to do. And we're going to pray about it. That's prayer point. And we're going to go. We say that our speech and preaching will not be with the enticing words of man's wisdom. But in the of and of power. That their faith is not standing the wisdom of men, but in the power of God. We pray that the gospel is acceptable as we preach it. Amen. Have you written it down? So let's pray. Let's take a few minutes just pray. By the power of the Holy Spirit, hearts of men receive God's word this evening. We pray that God's supernatural beings, angels, are dispatched on our journeys. They make things smooth. This evening, as we preach, we, we have revelation. We have revelation as we preach this evening. The sick are healed too. The oppressed go free. Our walls don't fall to the ground. We receive new converts this evening. New converts this evening. Mention that area. And say the door is open. Door of hearts is open in social and social Street, The door of hearts. And we know that supernaturally people will be arranged for us this evening. We're going to meet people. It's not going to be coincidence. It's going to be incidental on the leading of God's spirit this evening. we birth sons this evening we birth new creatures this evening we birth God's men this evening hallelujah just one more minute before we go We're going to also pray and receive God's wisdom to engage men wisely. Let's go and pray. Wisdom to engage men wisely. We receive God's wisdom this evening to engage men wisely. Properly. Appropriately. As we ought to. We'll choose our words. There will be fit words in season spoken at that time, at this time, at this moment. The Lord who knows the hearts of men Gives us the words The exact words to speak According to his word That will open men's heart To us this evening We believe and receive that hearts are open to us this evening Doors are open to us this evening We trust not in our speech Or oratory we, st- we trust not in our skills Or in our wizardry And going around human relationships But we trust in the power of the Holy Spirit this evening The hearts are open Amen. Hallelujah. I'll just hand over to Doctor so he'll tell us what to do. But tomorrow, I guess we'll be more, you know, planning. But this evening we'll just just one person. Amen. Are we set for that? Just one person. And when we do that, we'll get the names because we're also going to do what we, we know as follow up. We're going to make sure that we're not just preaching for preaching's sake. We're seeing a disciple. Someone we're going to come back to teach. Amen. And very vitally, establish in this church. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. I'll just hand over to the doctor. Bless you. Glory.
0: Glory. Glory. Are we ready? All right. So we're going out now. Um, We go out in twos. Should we comb this whole place? This whole environment, the entire church environment, all of this place. There are places at the back here. There are places on this side. There are places across. Right in there, there are places on this wing, and places on that wing, and a lot of people. As we move out, we go in twos. Amen? And Then, when we, when we finish, we come back and pray, then we close. Tomorrow morning, 7 o'clock, we begin our morning teaching. Tomorrow morning, 7 o'clock. From there, you go to work. Then, we we'll give you instructions tomorrow morning on what we are doing in the evening. Is that beautiful? Praise God. All right. Grab a partner and we move find somebody and we go straight no grammar just grab somebody let's hit the road around the church one hour we come back one hour we're back here we come back we pray and close one hour around the church glory to god glory to god